Hey guys, this is John and Austin, and this is another episode of the Meet Justics podcast. So we've got a guest today. Uh, we have the CEO, creator, owner, operator, the everything, uh, Jake Lindman of Chief Upland Vests. <laughs> now we'll we'll talk about what this is, how I got this, why I got this. Um, in a little bit, but I want to jump right into a, a couple of things with you, Jake. Give us a little bit of your background. Uh, what inspired you to create this company? Um, and give us a little bit of your story. Yeah. Uh, wow. It's a kind of a long story. Um, I'm only 32 years old, but a lot of things have happened to bring me to this point of launching Chief Upland. Um, so actually I've had entrepreneurship in my blood for a long time. Um, it runs in the family. We've, there's a lot of Lindemans that have been, um, in the, like the cheese business in Wisconsin. Um, and my dad started his first business when he was 18. Um, and he actually, he ran that for over 35 years. Um, and so I grew up around that. I worked for him formally for about 10 years. Um, but I actually launched my first business when I was 16 um, in high school. And I had a skate and snowboard shop in Manitowoc, Wisconsin here. Um, so that was my first dive into entrepreneurship. Um, and so I ran that store on nights and weekends after school um, until I went off to college. I went um, to UW-Milwaukee for business school. And I studied entrepreneurship there as well. Um, and I ended up in an entrepreneurship internship through that school. Um, it was a brand called Dynatrap and we made, uh, kind of like bug zappers, but they have a vacuum fan that sucks the bugs into a cage instead of, um, zapping them. So it was just a different twist on a bug zapper. And so I was one of, I was only the second employee at that company. Um, and we grew our revenue, um, from less than a million to about 5 million in three years. And I was working directly with the owners of that. So I got a really, um, I had a lot of exposure to branding, manufacturing, um, importing. I managed, I managed our factory relationships um, and importing our products and helped with design and all that. So after that, then I actually moved back to Manitowoc, my hometown, and worked for my parents' company. Um, and I did that for about 10 years. And for uh, roughly three of those years, I owned a bow hunting um, e-commerce store. And I did that with two of my best friends, uh, Mitch Down and Steve Palmeyer. And we ran that for a couple of years, um, selling trail cameras and tree stands and um, all kinds of different bow hunting supplies. And I, that kind of led me to two ideas. One being, I knew that I wanted to launch my own brand of something. I didn't love being a reseller of other people's brands um, because I'm, I'm passionate about branding and design. And I wanted to have that full control of, you know, from start to finish. Um, and honestly, with with retail and reselling other brands, like that's a whole different game than being the actual manufacturer of the product. Um, and I learned e-commerce a lot more through that, that business as well. 
Um, and so after a while, like I was seeing all of the advances in big game hunting products and bow hunting products and how technical those products were becoming with Molly systems and the types of durable and waterproof fabrics that were being used. Um, stuff was getting super lightweight and I was as avid of a bow hunter as I was, I was also getting very into upland hunting. Um, and the upland products didn't, they were nowhere near as advanced as the bow hunting stuff. So I started, that's what got my gears turning. Um, and I started doing some research and ultimately landed on the vests. And, um, what I found in my research is that pretty much every vest out there, if you talk to people about, um, what they like or don't like everybody, like there was so many differing opinions on any given product. It was like any vest or any feature of, of a vest, people had a love-hate relationship. Like some people loved this pouch. Some people hated the same pouch. And like, then I started thinking, what if people could customize it to what they, what they want to hunt with? You know, their style, their, what they're carrying in the field, how long they're going to be away from the truck, that kind of stuff. And that's where I ultimately landed on the Molly system since it's so configurable. Um, and the Molly system has been tested and proven by our military for a long time now. So I knew that that system was, was probably going to work. And then through our testing and prototyping, it was just a home run system. Um, so the vest, we, we started prototyping in 2018. Um, I actually started working with a factory overseas, um, just one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, yeah, if that. <laughs> we, um, we actually, we incorporated in um, 2019, but I had been working on designs for about a year before that. Um, I just, I didn't bother creating the LLC until we actually had started having expenses and something to sell. Um, so yeah, we're, we're still really new. Um, which, you know, w there was a whole unique set of challenges with launching that right as COVID was taking off. Um, we experienced so many shutdowns and delays and like, it was a really weird time to launch a brand because we weren't even in business yet and stuff was getting delayed, you know? Um, but yeah. So one of the things when we went up to uh, Pheasant Fest, there were two companies that it, you just heard everybody talking about, and one was yours. Um, so in what well, that was was that earlier this year? It was. Oh my god, this year has felt like forever. Yeah. In yeah. So in three years, you yeah. went from nothing to one of kind of the darlings of the show. Um, talk to us a little bit about how you got from zero to that type of spot. Yeah. Um, well, kind of like I mentioned before, I've got a lot of entrepreneurial experience from a young age, from w running a physical store when I was 16 to um, creating an e-commerce store, um, working for the Dynatrap on the branding side. That all culminated, my two passions in life are entrepreneurship and hunting. So when these came together, it was like, I had, I'm, I'm never short on ideas. <laughs> um, 
but I, I was able to, you know, I had learned a lot of stuff in, you know, through previous experience. So I really could hit the ground running with this brand launch. Um, I kind of knew what I wanted it to look and feel like years in advance. So with starting designing the vest in 2018, um, we didn't actually start selling until the summer of 2020. So I had a lot of time to prep. Um, and so we first launched our social media, um, like early summer of 2020 and just started generating buzz and get, you know, putting out like little sneak peeks and, um, created a lot of, I think really good marketing creates tension for people. Um, it, it keeps people coming back and wanting more. And so that's, that was my goal early on was creating that tension that something big is coming. And that just, it got a lot of people talking about it. Um, and then the day that we opened sales, like it was just crazy, right, right off the bat. Um, yeah, it, we actually, so my wife and I, that on that launch day, I remember we, we purposely went out of town. Um, and I just, I had to shut my phone off because it was like orders and emails and like, it was a Saturday and it was just like crazy. And I'm like, I like, let's just get out of town. Cause I knew I'd be staring at my phone all day. You know, and I, I had so much anxiety around the launch, like, because it was such a passion project for me. And on that launch day, it's like, this is the moment of truth. Like, nobody's seen this until today. You know, are people even going to like it or are they going to hate it? And, you know, like she would tell me, like, people are going to love this. You have no idea, you know, the effort, you forget how much effort you put in. But you always go back to questioning that on a launch. Like, are people really going to like this or is this just... Me? Oh, no, I'm 100% so, with you but, on that. We just launched a new electric stuffer that we've spent the last two years working on. Um, and it was delays, delays, delays. And finally, the first 60 units shipped out to customers. And I didn't sleep well last night because they shipped yesterday. And all night I was thinking like, God, I, okay. hope to, I hope it does as well for them, you know, that I've tested thousands of pounds through them. Like it, it is going to work for them. It is going to work for them. But that little voice in the back of your head is always yeah. like, no, there's going to be problems. There's going to be a problem. But that's right. awesome to hear. Did you uh, like target specific people to uh, work with? Do you have people that are like brand ambassadors for you? Um, no, I, from the start, I did not. I, I really just like got it out there and, um, pushed it a lot on my own. I did, I did and do work with people, um, now that, um, you, you could call them ambassadors, but it's nothing formal. Sure. Um, they're just, passionate fans of the brand that really enjoyed the product um, through conversation with them, we kind of became friends and like, they just continue a lot of these, a lot of people when they love a product will, they'll push the product for you and ask nothing in return. Um, one, uh, one good friend I've met through the industry. I don't know if you've ever met him. Um, uh, he's out in Iowa. His name is Tim Brown. He runs the Bearded Uplander um, page, and then they have a podcast called Heartland Legacy. Oh, that's where I know that from. Um, it, yeah. So just like as an example, like he he right away just jumped on board with the brand, and like he he tells all his friends about him. He posts about it on social media, and that's really the best marketing that I could ever ask for. Is people 
because I can I can push a product and try to convince people it's the best best ever created, but they want to hear it from other people, right? Because I may just be being a good salesperson, um, but when they can hear it from other raving fans, like that's just that's so valuable to me. Well, yeah, how we got hooked up with you is our the CEO of our company, the owner Brett Walton, um, met you, talked to you, and then Travis Frank from the Flush also was talking to you and he just happened yeah. to mention to Brett, he's like, Oh, I love this vest. It's amazing. So Brett was like, yeah, all right, well we're buying Travis a vest. We're going to get his name printed on it. And you know, the Walton's <laughs> logo and Travis is going to, you know, wear it. Um, we sent that to him last week. Um, so he should be having some stuff coming with it. Uh, but at the same time, Brett was like, well, if we're buying, you know, if we're getting one, can we get a few more? So Austin got one, I got one, <laughs> and Sandy got one. We sent them to nice. our uh, yes. to our merchandiser, and they were able to print. Why can I not find it? There it is. They were able to print our name on it, the or like each person's name, and then the Waltons. This orange worked perfectly. We just emptied out the W, and it looks absolutely amazing. All right. So let's talk a little bit about the yeah. functionality of the vest. I'm going to stand up real quick, put it on, and you're going to critique how I kitted this out. <laughs> Sounds I'm good. excited for this because this could either go really good for John or really horrible. <laughs> how do you want it to go, Austin? A little bit of both wouldn't be bad. No, he wants it to go bad. <laughs> While you're putting that on, um, you mentioned Travis Frank and the Flush TV show. Um, they actually, it's kind of crazy how when you put something out into the world that um, people find you. Um, I always I always call it um, building doors for luck to find you. And just out of the blue, I got an email from Mark at the Flush and said he saw one of my Facebook ads and just thought that the best was awesome and they loved the branding and like that was the start of my relationship with the Flush TV show and ultimately how I got connected with Travis. Um, so Travis has been wearing our vest for a few years now. Um, and I'm super appreciative of him and the whole the whole team at the Flush. You know, they're all great people. I'm sure you know oh, yeah. that. When you, um, and, you say, Mark, we've had and, Lukey on the podcast before. We love that guy. Yeah, oh, he's a okay. great dude. Okay. Good. I'll have to look that one up and yeah. listen to it. Um, but yeah, I, I love working with them. Um, Travis genuinely enjoys wearing the vest. Um, you know, he was wearing it on his own from the start. So now I, I help him out more now and get him, you know, more vests and whatever he needs and however I can help him um, and others at the flush. Um, I'm actually going on a hunt with Scott France in this November in South cool. Dakota. He does an annual Hank hunt, so I got registered for that to go with him. So that did you ever get fun. a chance to hunt with Hank? Um, okay, no, I, I did, did one time, no. and it, he no. legitimately was the best hunting dog ever. He was uh, just all over the place. That's awesome. um, all the other dogs getting distracted by things, but not Hank. He was so. When I heard that news, I was really, really sad. I mean, that was that was unfortunate. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. that is also yeah, that's a sad. Story. It's part of hunting. That's you know. Unfortunately, they're not with us for a yep. very long time. Okay. All right. So yep. one of the things I liked a lot about this was the front access pocket. 
Now it could just be that I've put on some weight, but every time I go to pull this, everything comes with me. Do I have this strap too tight? Is that what's doing it? Uh, no. So, well, so that strap right there, that smaller strap on the front, I call it the game bag. Tensioner. Okay. So you have your main waist belt below yep. that. Um, that strap is meant to help support the, any weight that you have in the pouches on the Molly system. Like if you're carrying a full box of shells, um, you know, that's a couple pounds of weight. So that tensioner strap helps keep that weight up. So when you want to load a bird, um, you should actually fully unclip. Ah. That. Yep. So unclip that. Yep. There you go. Now you can put a bird in there and then slide it around. To okay. The that makes section. Um, and then after you load a bird, you can just clip it back on. Um, I usually will leave that clipped. Um, until I get my first bird. Once I have a bird in the bag, um, it kind of expands that game bag out. And then a lot of times at that point, depending on the terrain and what we're hunting in and stuff, um, I will oftentimes just leave that tensioner clip unclipped okay. for the rest of the hunt. Um, but again, that's all that all comes down to personal preference, how much weight you're carrying, how many birds you've got in the bag. Um, but and then you've got so there's a there's a small J clip on each side of the game yep. bag too inside the game bag, um, that is also meant to help hold up the weight of um, the, anything in the Molly attached. I thought they were for shipping. I removed them. So if them. you put that on the <laughs> oh, <laughs> I still have I, them. Uh, Maybe I forgot to throw the instructions. No, I just don't box. read instructions. Like I intentionally, a lot oh, of times, just yeah. try to figure things out because how to do it. Okay. Yeah. So there. So it comes with a little J clip on each side, so you can. It it's easy to get that outside panel on and off. So that just helps keep any weight um, close to your hips, because uh, one of the key factors is is leverage. So the closer to your center of gravity that you keep that weight, um, the more comfortable it's going to be for um, being out in the field for a long time. So you don't want stuff like falling away from you or the further away it gets from your body, that just, and any of that leverage ultimately gets um, relayed up to your neck mm. and shoulders. So for true ergonomics and having um, the weight on your hips, you want to try and keep that as close to your body as you can. Okay. So I was supposed to go hunting this past Sunday. It got canceled at the last minute, but I was really excited. So I had everything like prepared. So I spent some time just walking around my yard and neighborhood in this. My neighbors already think I'm insane. So no problems there. Um, <laughs> it is significantly hunt or more comfortable than any other vest I've had. Now I've only had two other hunting vests, but it sits incredibly well on your shoulders. There is no, you almost feel like you're not wearing uh, a full vest. It is exceptionally yeah. comfortable. And I really like if yeah. you're going on long hunts for people who don't see on the back of it, uh, you have a built in section for a hydration pack to go in there. So wh whether you're yep. going for, you know, a hundred, couple hundred yard quarter or whether you're going for all day, this has all the kit you need. Plus, I mean, the quality of this stuff is insane. You've got magnets built in for all the flaps. All of these holders 
are removable. So you can customize that however you want. For this one, if you're going in anything yeah. wet environment, it's got a really high quality zipper, plenty of room for ammo inside the pouch. I mean, this thing is incredibly well built. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. It's, if you can't tell, it's one, a passion project for me, and two, built by a hunter. Um, I think that you see some other products on the market and, and you're like, whoever designed this isn't a hunter. It was probably a committee. <laughs> right? It's like, who? yeah, yeah. Or, or designed for one specific type of hunting um, or one person's style. So, um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of detailed thought and testing that, um, I put into that, you know, being, being an avid upland hunter and big game hunter myself, every, every last stitch is something that we thought through, you know, every, we try to give as much, every square inch of that vest serves a purpose. Um, that was kind of one of our goals. Um, the materials all 1000 denier Cordura. Um, super high quality. It's it's treated to be waterproof, UV resistant, um, and yeah, like you mentioned, the hydration uh, mm -hmm. pouch that fits a two liter bladder. Um, and that pouch, it's it's not obvious online. A lot of people confuse that with the backpack storage. Um, but there's the hydration bladder pouch inside the game bag itself. Um, it's kind of in a separate pocket within there. Uh, but then the zippered backpack storage is completely separate. So you can, you know, back there, you can stuff a jacket in there, first aid kit, um, any kind of like, like, uh, bolt cutters for, for traps or barbed wire or anything like that. Uh, really just miscellaneous storage back there. And then the, how you have the padding set up on the back and the sides is really, really smart. Instead of it being, uh, you know, comfortable, but sort of bulky, it fits so well. So that's awesome. Yeah, like you said, um, it when I'm wearing it, when when you have it, when you have the belt properly cinched down and and all your weight in the right spot, you'll actually notice that the shoulder straps almost float, um, which that just shows you that there's absolutely no tension on your neck or your shoulders, um, and then uh, all that padding is vertically ribbed, yeah. so. It looks like a lot of padding and like it would be hot. Um, you know, yeah, it's not, it's not, it doesn't have as much airflow as just plain mesh, but with that padding being vertically ribbed, um, that allows air to escape upwards. So it, it, it's more breathable than what it would appear to be. Um, and then on top of the shoulders, we have just a little bit of padding, but that padding stops like on your, on your deltoid. Um, on top of your shoulder. So there's no padding in front. And so that's so you get a, a proper consistent gun mount, but you still have a little bit of padding on the top for any time that you are carrying a lot of weight. Um, if you do have any weight carried on your shoulders. That's awesome. I, 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 I think the, the coolest thing I like, like that I first saw was like the magnetic flaps to it. It's genius. I don't know why, like something like that, just, I, I, don't, I don't really ever see on stuff like this. And to me, it's just a super convenient thing to add. And it's just, it seems simple, but yet I've never seen it before. It's a, it's a little touch that shows that it was extremely well thought out. Mm -hmm. the, the, the way you talk about it and what you said, where like every stitch you guys thought about and, and put some effort into designing every square inch of the product. I mean, it makes sense because 
as soon as I picked it up, I just couldn't believe actually what I was holding and then wearing it. I'm like, this it's, it's not like <laughs> anything I've ever had before. Um, I've only had, I've had like, th I think th three, maybe four hunting vests in the past, but, um, like the first one I bought when I was 15 years old, no, probably less than that. I don't remember now. I don't, I don't know. Um, but I just bought like the, the cheapest thing I could get. I mean, it was all, all I could afford. And that was what I wore for years. And then I, I finally upgraded a little bit, upgraded a little bit. And still this thing just knocks the pants off of anything I've ever worn before. It's amazing. Well, that's awesome. I, I love hearing that. Yeah. The, you mentioned the magnetic, um, pouches and that's, I think you haven't seen it a lot um, because it's hard to do properly. Like it, it, in our prototyping, you know, at first the pouch felt really floppy and sloppy and you, the magnets didn't quite line up. And so what we figured out with that was adding some structure in. So there's like a structured panel in the back of the pouch and in the flap so that when that flap falls closed on its own, it's, a, it's consistently falling in the exact same spot. Um, and it just, that helps the alignment of it all and, and, um, adds to the durability as well. You've also to switch gears a little bit here, you've got a great logo. Did you design that? You have somebody else design Thank it? You. I, so I used actually a platform called 99 designs. Oh. Um, and what I did is I ran a design contest. So I had um, submissions from all over the world, really. Um, I did, I put together like a vision board of the, the, the theme and the feel that I wanted. Um, and then I picked, I narrowed it down to like four designers and then they submitted final or final submissions. And then I ultimately chose one, one winner to work with and then we really fine tuned it. Um, so, but it was, it was kind of funny because one of the iterations, like this logo on my hat, the round version of it, um, this is like a shotgun shell. And when they, when the designer first submitted it, um, it kind of looked like a shotgun shell already. And I asked him if, is this supposed to be a shotgun shell? And he's like, uh, no. <laughs> and I'm like, well, that's what it looks like. <laughs> so then we kind of went down that path. Um, but yeah, so we've got like this, like the icon logo, but we use it in different variations and, and they all tie together. So like this roundo logo, I call it, is like the bottom of a shotgun shell. Um, and then we've got a horizontal shell logo. So it's kind of like the side of the shell, the bottom of the shell, um, and then the icon just by itself. And what I like about the icon is people see different things, like um, people interpret it differently, which is really kind of cool. Um, you know, I, what I really wanted was an arrowhead, um, being the chief brand. I was, it's kind of a play on like a native theme, um, which I always thought, like, I love the native theme. It looks really cool. I love the design. Um, and well, in the name, it's named after my dog chief. So that's where chief came from originally my chocolate lab. Um, but so it's an, some see, people see the arrowhead. Some people see mountains with the sun. Some people see a pine tree with the sun. Um, I've even um, had people see it as like uh, um, like an impression from a firing pin on the bottom of the shell, like more on this Rondo hmm. logo. Um, so it's just yeah, really unique, and people see different stuff, which I think is really. So cool. I always or I saw uh, 
Arrowhead and TP is what I thought when I saw it. The two things, one being an oh, Arrowhead, yeah. one being TP's a TP. The other thing so yeah, that's see. what I thought it was. But yep. it is yep. really well done. And the fact that you have three specific ones that I assume you're using in different uh, for different purposes, you clearly have a good handle on the branding. So that's awesome. Oh, that's thank awesome you. to hear. Yeah, I I'm passionate about branding, and it's something that came naturally to me. Um, you know, I I went to I studied business in college, but not marketing or branding specifically. Um, I've just always had a, a good eye for it, and I enjoy seeing other brands that are well done. Um, so yeah, I I put a lot of effort into branding itself for sure. So you said you did some bow or you're also a bow hunter. What made you choose going the upland path with this? Was it, I mean, you said earlier that you saw that there was a difference in the technology being, so did you see it and was like, oh, I can make this work better? Okay. Yes, it is where I saw the more immediate opportunity. Um, so I would say I'm equally passionate about upland hunting. Um, I'm also a big turkey hunter, um, but being in Wisconsin, we have some some of the best uh, deer hunting in the country as well for whitetail. So, um, but I, you know, like I kind of like I mentioned, the bow hunting gear was getting so advanced, and I saw, you know, my upland gear and the upland market in general was kind of lagging behind. Um, so that was really where that was the glaring opportunity that I saw. Um, at that point, I didn't know what type of uh, brand I wanted to start exactly. Um, but then, like, once I started seeing that, it just dawned on me, like, Upland Vest, like, this is the opportunity. Yeah, I, I think you struck at the right time, so, too. Um, we've got all sorts of new people getting into hunting. I mean, Upland hunting, in some ways, is the most accessible for them because it's easier to, you know, clean a dove or a pheasant than it is for a deer, you have to probably know somebody with a dog or with access to land, but we have all sorts of new hunters. And I think, uh, if somebody tried on your vest and a traditional vest, they would not even hesitate for a second to buy yours because it is phenomenal. Yeah. I am curious. What, what is yeah. like your favorite feature to the vest? My favorite feature. Um, I would say, well, the vest itself, it's got to be the waist belt. And just when you have that cinch down, how, like Jonathan mentioned, the, the shoulder straps literally feel like they're floating. Um, it just, it's so hard to explain how comfortable and ergonomic the vest really is online. You try to do it through pictures and videos, but until you try one on, you know, once you try one on, you're like, holy cow, like I, I was pretty sure this vest was going to be nice, but wow, I'm blown away. So I think just that, you, you know, that's, if it's not comfortable, that like, that's where the best has to start for a hunter to really enjoy it. Right. If it's not comfortable, then nothing else matters. Um, but as far as the Molly attachments go, my favorite would be definitely the quick grab ammo pouch. Um, the magnetic flap on there, it seems to be the fan favorite as well. It's just so once you see it, it seems so simple and straightforward. Um, but it just, it, it wasn't out there before. Um, and it just, there's, it's just all function and no fluff with that pouch. 
um, you know, and the elastic shell loops inside of it. So you can, um, you know, keep your shells organized. And so, you know, when you go to grab shells, you grab them out of those elastic loops for a quick reload. And that pouch just automatically closes on its own. And it's waterproof and durable fabric. Um, so that's that's definitely my favorite pouch. When you're out in the field, are you a over-under guy or are you a semi? Yes and yes. <laughs> just depends, huh? <laughs> uh, I have both. Yeah, yeah, it depends. Um, I think, you know, in South Dakota, I like carrying my 12-gauge semi-auto. Um, you tend to get further shots. Um those pheasants are bigger and hardier. Um, and having that third or fourth shot sometimes comes, comes in handy. If not after two misses, you know, you're oftentimes flushing three or four roosters at a time. Um, but I do, I grouse hunt in the Wisconsin Northwoods too. And for that, I like a lighter gun. So I have a 20 gauge over under, um, and you really don't need a 12 gauge shell for grouse. I mean, and that comes down to shot size and, and um the weight of the shot and stuff like that too but i like having that lighter gun because in the grouse woods it, it's so thick that you're just ducking through all kinds of cover and um and then uh i was just out in iowa for the dove opener actually and my uh 20 gauge over under was perfect for that too you could use 12 gauge for yeah. it there'd be nothing wrong with that um uh, but just you don't need it like you said, with your attachments, it all comes down to personal choice. And that's it with so much of hunting. You know, everybody wants to argue about the best deer oh, rifle. Yeah. Everybody wants to argue about the best everything. And it's just, it's what you like. Like I have a 6.5 Creedmoor that I've been shooting for a yearish now, something like that. And it, over okay. 200 yards, I'm not going to take any shot. So everyone's like, no, you need to sight it in for this. I'm like, eh. Like that's not happening. I'm not shooting a thousand, <laughs> you know, that's not gonna, that's not my style of, uh, I'm not yeah. comfortable enough with yeah. that. Um, real quick. Yeah. Wisconsin has mountains. Oh, okay. No. Then what was snowboarding? No. Uh, well I would travel to snowboard, but we have, I would call them snowboard hills ah. in Wisconsin. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> So we have one, like the biggest one in Wisconsin is called Granite Peak. Um, that's in Wausau, Wisconsin. It's, I mean, it might take you a minute or two to get down the run, but it's not like out in Colorado where a run is 15, 20 minutes down, you know? Yeah, I was going to be even, I, I'm from upstate New York, the Adirondacks. So we grew up in, or I grew up in mountains. I live in Kansas now, so I don't ever see a mountain. I was going to be very yeah. jealous if Wisconsin also had mountains. Everywhere has them, but here. No. Yeah. No, we just have, we have big hills in areas and we obviously get a lot of snow. Um, so it's enough, it's enough to go snowboarding, but yeah, on our hills here, you kind of spend more time on the lift than you do riding. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> um, but I always, I always enjoyed the parks. Um, I like the jumps and the boxes and rails and stuff like that. So a shorter hill still works good for that stuff. You can do that. So when you get the birds home, what are some of your favorite bird recipes? What do you like to do with them? Um, I knew you were going <laughs> to ask me this, and I and I told my wife that I was going to defer all cooking questions to her. <laughs> um, I no, I I'm not a big cook. Sure. Like I like I like grilling, but I'm just I haven't gotten super into cooking myself. 
I think because I'm either always working or hunting. Um, but I do like, like for pheasants, uh, my favorite thing is to do, um, basically take a chunk of pheasant, um, put cream cheese and jalapenos on it. And then I wrap it in venison bacon, um, venison bacon that I get, I get made is like, it's like a thick cut venison bacon. Um, that is my favorite way to process venison is into bacon. Um, I just, I think that's so good. Um, so that's what I like to do with venison or, uh, with pheasants. Um, and we did, we did something similar with the doves we got in Iowa as well. And that's just, that's a, uh, great, you can either make the pieces big enough to eat as a meal, or you can make them into, uh, poppers to bring as a dish to a party or something like that. Well, that's awesome. Uh, uh, Travis always talks about his one thing when anyone says they don't like wild game, it's pheasant in, uh, it's very similar to that pheasant cream cheese wrapped in bacon and jalapenos are in there somehow, but I can't remember, but yeah, it's amazing. If anyone doesn't like that, they're an idiot yeah. and you don't need to listen to them anymore. So <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't even have to tell someone it's game if it, if that's the way you prepare it, honestly. But yeah, I mean, otherwise for venison, um, we grind a lot of it. Uh, we will make, We'll, we'll end up with 60, 70 pounds of ground venison in our freezer. Um, and then we just use that for everything. Um, breakfast sausage is also really good. Um, and then obviously you can't beat a good venison steak. Yeah. Uh, we sell something called imitation bacon seasoning. And so it's like, uh, you can take venison, anything, grind it up and it's like a loaf, but you can cut it as thick as you want. Year over year, we keep selling more and more and more of that. I think more people are turning on to the fact that venison makes really good bacon. You just have to know how to do it. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So what? Yeah, I have your, um, I have your, one of your steak rubs and we, uh, I think it's just called the ultimate, ultimate steak and roast rub, yep. I yep. think. We put that on everything. Just, I mean, burgers and it's just so good. Well, that makes me unbelievably happy because that is for years that is the only <laughs> thing i would put on a steak now i do have to say okay. i've been working on something the last couple of months <laughs> that has taken i eat a, a stupid amount of steak like a truly obnoxious amount almost um but i've been working on a different rub that i'm not ready to talk about totally yet but it is better than the ultimate steak and roast rub it's oh amazing. I'm in love with it. I still haven't tried it yet. So well, I'm excited to see I need, that. I need to taste test this, I think. Nobody's tried it yet. I am playing this one very close to the vest because I'm perfecting it before I let somebody <laughs> else try it. Uh, but we have a bunch of different seasonings. Nice. Um, I'll, I'll, we'll put together a, a package for you and your wife and get it sent out. Uh, some of our favorite grilling, rubbing, uh, or grilling and rub seasoning. So you can, awesome. you can try that. We've got a... That would be awesome. I absolutely. It. Absolutely. Well, I mean, it's a, a poor repayment for this amazing vest, but uh, it's a, it is at least <laughs> something. Uh, so we've got a couple of things planned. Uh, we were hoping to have a bunch of footage of me out in the field hunting with this, um, but I will get out this year in it. And then our, uh, our social media guy knows what we're going to do to put it together. So you'll have another uh, business out there promoting your brand because it truly is an excellent product. 
Oh, that's awesome. I appreciate yep. it. Uh, we're, we're just getting to the the best part of the season still to come. So don't worry that, he, that you haven't got out there Oh, I'll yet. get out there for sure. Um, one question I did have from looking at your Facebook. First, you have great engagement. Um, I think you have, you have a ton of followers, six, 16, 20,000, somewhere in that range. Uh, on Facebook. Yeah. yeah. On, uh, Facebook is a little over 16,000. I think I don't really watch it sure. that close. Um, Instagram is more in front of your face. So I know that one's just about 11,000 now. It, we're the same way. Our Instagram lags behind our Facebook for some reason, even though I think we do more things geared for Instagram, neither here nor there. Uh, who edits your videos? Is that you? Okay. No, I am. I am not a good graphic designer, photographer, video editor. Like when I can, when I can afford to hire somebody full time, I think that's going to be my first hire is somebody for media and design because it is huge in marketing. Um, and I, that's probably the one thing in business that I literally can't do. Everything else I can fill in as much as I need to, <laughs> but that one, um, no, I, I use, um, I work with several different people on, on video and design projects. Um, I kind of divvy it out to, um, people in the industry and friends and relatives based on what the project is, whether it's video or design or photography, um, and who I think would be the best for it. Um, and also what their strong suits are as far as um, photo, video, design. So um, like a lot of my uh, design work is actually done by my younger brother, um, Nate. He's a, he is an amazing graphic designer and photographer. Um, he does it full time for a company called Mecham Auto Auctions. It's like the car auctions that you see on TV on, on uh, I don't know if they're on ESPN or what channel, but. He does a, um, a lot of their graphic design work um, and photography. So he's he's out there photographing million-dollar cars and all kinds of crazy Sounds stuff. Sounds terrible. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, yeah, he's super skilled. So I use him a lot. Um, I use another good friend of mine, Seth. Um, he owns a company called Southpaw Projects. Um, he had been working for a design firm for a while and, and some other things, but he is off on his own now with that business. So I love sending business his way. So um, anybody with a startup brand um, or even even if it's not a startup, even if, if it's a more mature business, he is awesome at branding and storytelling. And um, again, that's Southpaw Projects. Uh, and then other than that, I've gotten um, to know some other people in the industry that are not only great upland hunters, but also great designers and photographers. And that really shows in, you know, when a photographer is also a hunter, they understand what they're trying to capture in a moment or in a video uh, versus somebody that's not a hunter that you bring out in the field to try and take pictures. They don't really understand what, what they're trying to portray. Um, so yeah, it's a, the, uh, media and design is a, a pretty big team effort all around. Yeah. Well, whoever did your pinned post to, uh, the top of your Facebook page, that is phenomenal. That is really, really well done. I watched that a few times. That was impressive. Oh, thank you. So give them a, yeah, a little pat you. on the back. Yeah. <laughs>
Sorry, I'm just super thirsty today. Oh, um, all right. So we're basically at the end. Do you have anything you want to shout out, talk about? I mean, obviously in the post. So when we release a podcast, uh, obviously underneath the, you know, if you go to Apple iTunes or wherever, and we'll have the links there, but we also do a post on Meetgistics, um, where we, if you want to send links, uh, to all those businesses you were talking about, we'll include those in that post. So if somebody's looking for it, they can find it fairly easily. Um, but other than your yeah. excellent website and really, really good social media, um, is there anything else anyone should know about you guys? Um, I don't have anything in particular. Um, I could, uh, I could leak a few nuggets about stuff that's coming down the pipeline. That was actually one of my questions. So I'm glad you brought it up. Yeah. Do do you have anything (laughs) you can share with us on what you're working on next? Yeah. So, um, two things come to mind right away that, um, will be probably out the soonest. Um, one is we are doing a fifth colorway of the vest right now. We have four colors. Um, so the vest is, um, it fits equally well, both men and women. So we are, um, actually coming out with a blaze pink and olive version of our vest. Um, that is going to be geared obviously more towards women. Um, we have a lot of women wearing the colors we have already and loving it. Um, but we've had some requests for that and, um, thought that would be pretty unique. Um, so we're, that's probably going to be ready like in November, December, um, somewhere in there. So that'll be, that'll be cool and unique. And we'll have all the pouches in the pink and olive colorway as well. Um, and then we are, I can't, I guess I can't say too much detail about it, but we're working on some new turkey hunting gear, um, that includes vests and pouches. Um, I don't want to talk about the details of it because we like some of it may be patentable and I have to be careful that, um, in a patent application, you cannot have any of the info publicly available. Um, like before I forget the exact details of it right now, but I ran into, we have a patent pending on the vest we have now actually. Um, but that was something that we had kind of a close call on is like, well, what, what was the date you first made it publicly available? So I just, that's why I don't, I don't like, like doing the sneak peeks and stuff like that on specific features and stuff. But um, yeah, we're going to do, we, we, our earth tone colorway people have been using for turkey hunting a lot, um, including myself, which is cool that it becomes a multi-purpose vest that, that way you can use it for spring turkey or um, upland hunting in the fall. Um but we are doing a deeper dive on the turkey market. So we'll have some cool stuff out this spring. Um, hopefully, I'm hoping we'll be able to show it at uh, Pheasant Fest in Minneapolis this winter. Awesome. Awesome. One Very more cool. question. Sorry. Um, so you obviously started this by yourself. Do you have other employees now or are you still a solo operation? Just me. <laughs> Um, my, my wife, uh, I've talked her into volunteering a lot of her time, (laughs) but yeah, I have no employees. Um, and I, I started this as a, uh, side hustle, um, with the ultimate goal of doing it full time, but I was working full time for the first like two or three years that I was doing this. So, um, just this past February, actually, I left my day job and I'm doing this full time now. Um, so 
I definitely could use some employees, but we're just we're we're not quite there yet. I I don't want to have somebody else's career depending mm. on me just yet, but we'll we'll be there soon because I I could use the help. Yeah. With, as much as you've gone from zero to where you are now, I can't imagine be too much longer until you're going to need somebody else. No more like oh, it would be nice. It's going to be a requirement. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, be, you know, being a startup right now, like the the cash needs are so strong because we're first ramping up inventory. You know, we had our initial launch. We sold, we completely sold out of inventory like three times throughout the launch. So we're like, you know, generating cash, trying to get more funding, trying to build inventory so we're not running out of stuff. Um, so once we're more caught up on, on inventory levels and stuff like that, we'll be able to start investing in some employees, hopefully. Yeah. For, for what you have and what you do. Um, I mean, I would be impressed if you said you already had like a hundred employees, but for just you, just a single person, like <laughs> it is insane. Your guys' website is awesome. Your social media is amazing. Um, the product itself is killer. Um, so yeah, props to you. I mean, you have done an amazing job here. Don't get any ideas. Oh, thank you, Austin. I appreciate that. If you ever decide to get out of it. No, I'm not worried about that. <laughs> I'm worried about you thinking that he can do that all. We should be able to do what replicate what he does with one person. Oh, I was going to say if he ever wanted wanted to get out, I'd have a job here for him. <laughs> it might be, might be your job. <laughs> <laughs> you know, such is life. Oh, I don't know. I love being an entrepreneur. I, I, I do not want to go back to the day job life. And I couldn't do what you but do. That being said, I'm opportunity. <laughs> so if it's, you know, if All right, it's we gotta go. at a, a higher level, helping run a business. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jake, it was great talking no, to you. I really you. appreciate it. It was that. absolutely great talking to you. Uh, it is an exceptional product. Uh, we will do a bunch on social media for it. Uh, once Travis gets some of his stuff out there, hopefully we can drive some more sales and give you even more work to do. Sounds good. Well, thank you guys for all the support. Um, we love our Walton's products too. So any uh, anytime you need some secret sauce tested or something <laughs> like that, let me know. <laughs> I actually have some made up. I will put it in. Um, it, I'll, I'll get in touch offline because there is one thing you have to be aware of with it. So are you making sauce too? No, no, Sounds no. Good. The secret sauce oh. is just like, you know, whatever. I, I thought you were hiding something else yeah. from no. me that you were. Okay. No, that, that, <laughs> Sauce seems above my level. So, all right, man. Uh, we'll be in touch. Thank you. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks for checking out the Meatistics podcast. To shop everything but the meat, head on over to waltonsinc.com. And to get your meat processing questions answered by experts and enthusiasts alike, head on over to our online community at meatistics.com. Waltons, everything but the meat.